Hey, welcome back to the Connecting Minds podcast. Christian Yordanov here. Today we have Lumas from Chanted Down Radio. Lumas is a truth speaker, radio show host, ex-lyricist, activist, researcher, physical trainer, filmmaker, and philosopher of truth. Uh, you can read his full bio in the episode description, but just to give you a little bit uh, of it. So since the early to mid-90s, Lumas has been writing rhymes and was part of an underground hip-hop collective. Um, along his journey in 1999, he met a former insider of an institution who broke down the way the planet really runs. This information became the platform in which he operated and built from since. He has shared his message through music and activism. And in 2013, he started his podcast, Chanted Down Radio. And uh, yeah, Lumas, thank you so much for coming on the show, brother. Hey, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. It's good to connect with all the way on the other side of the world. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Um, can you tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself? How you got, um, I don't if you can titillate us with this insider, maybe, I don't know if you're allowed to say anything there, but like, how, how did you kind of get on your journey and you know, what's, what's the journey been like for you? Cause you're like one of the OG truth folks out there, bro. Um, it, so what started me on my journey was me not wanting to do what everybody else was doing. Uh, I sort of, sort of fell out of the interest. I, I think what it was is I was heavily into music at the time that we're talking like late nineties, well, uh, 97, 98, uh, where I was starting to fall out of the interest of what everybody else was interested in, including people I was doing music with. Uh, I took it a little more serious, you know, and I didn't, I realized that all everybody does is work and go home every day and do the same thing every single day. And that had a big impact on me when I was young like that, because I had this, I, I thought maybe the world had more to it. And then it was kind of shocking to realize that, hey, that's all people do. And I was taking a lot of psychedelics at the time, kind of enhancing my mind with a little more awareness. And so I decided, wait, either I work a shitty job and just uh, pay bills or I do what I want to do. And that is continue doing this art form at the time, which was hip hop and underground stuff that I was doing. And I wanted to pursue it more than just around a job. So I, I um, actually, I got kind of fired. So I collected unemployment from a job. So I rode that out. And then when that got to where it was um, completely depleted, then I um, used credit cards longer, which isn't a good idea. I don't recommend anybody do this, but I did it just because I felt like I wanted to do something different in the world and I'm still glad I did it today. So I just lived um, and I drifted around and eventually my roommate situation collapsed where I am now on this island. So I, I had a friend that had a place open up on another island, which is what we call the big island out here. And so I went over there and uh, soon enough, I couldn't afford the room. But my friend and his girlfriend were were nice enough to let me stay on the couch for a few months until I figured out what I was going to do. So during that time, 
the extra room was rented out to people here and there. And this actually went on for about maybe four or five months uh, to where there was a finally, you know, there was a few people that came and go went. They were just like, we have a lot of transient population here where people, they'll come to Hawaii for a, a month or so and leave, you know. So what I did, what this, what happened next was this guy who was a lot older than us, you know, he might have been even 50, 45, 50. He was building a house for his family and uh, he needed a place to stay for two months. So he stayed in that room and this guy was pretty cool. Um, but there was something about him. He kept saying little tidbits of knowledge here and there. My, my roommate and his girlfriend were kind of in their own little world, so they weren't really taking it in. But me, I was very receptive to a lot of the things he was saying, you know, little tidbits like about what's in your food or what's, um, you know, kind of going on here and there. And I was like, wow, what, you know, what does this guy really know? I'm wondering, just kind of curious. And one night he kind of just really just he realized I was receptive about things. So he just kept on unloading and loading uh, all this info. And what happened was um, uh, he basically told me you know, how the world runs, who runs it, uh, the, the way that it's structured and how like in America, our presidents are selected, not elected. And that George W, you know, this is, this is in 1999. So he, he said that in, in the following year, they're going to get George W Bush in. I don't know how he knew this and that they were going to, um, uh, you know, do something really big. You watch. So, I kept that in mind, but what this guy was, I should back up a little bit, is he was a uh, he was a high up in our U.S. Department of Agriculture. He was getting away from doing that job, building his house for his family. And in my theory, he was he was uh, basically running away from this agency. So he knew a lot from a high position. I don't know how high I didn't have the right questions to ask. If I knew what I knew today, I would know a whole lot more about the guy. But basically, he just told me all kinds of stuff. I mean, it was like sitting down next to somebody as knowledgeable as Jordan Maxwell or David Icke or some big name like that, because he knew so much stuff. But anyway, he finished his house. And I never saw him again. And I moved from that island. And we'll fast forward a couple years into the future, I actually moved to the West coast of the United States to pursue music a little bit better. And, uh, it was 2001 and, uh, well, nine 11 happened. And that was that thing that he was talking about. And it all made a whole lot of sense once that happened but for those couple of years, 1999 to 2001, I was just kind of like, oh, well, whatever. That was pretty cool. And I, I did change my diet. I, you know, was conscious, but um, none of that info that, that who runs the world and all this geopolitics and all that really came into it until, in the, until 9-11. And then it was like, oh, wow, I had met someone that really knew what was going on and, and the, the scheme that these global globalists wanted to pull. So anyway, um, that was my experience with this insider who changed my life. And from then on, I became this serious truth seeker 
because I had heard, you know, all this info and it all came into play. And I realized that everybody around me was completely asleep. And, and it felt like it was my duty and my job to spread this information, even if there was nobody receptive, you know, because back in those days, there wasn't any podcasts, uh, but just friends and family to talk to. And I thought they'd be more receptive, but they weren't at all. And I realized just how asleep the world really was. But that feeling going back to 1999, before I even met this guy, that my friends' conversations weren't into any substance and, you know, um, no one was really talking about anything that was important. That was me realizing that this world is a bunch of mind control people that have no clue of what's going on and there's no substance. And that was showing me that I needed to find more substance. So when I went on that journey and let go of my job and did all those things, uh, I, by letting go, synchronicity came in and I met an insider. And only when we let go of our eight to five working Monday through Friday reality, do we get these more hidden gems that wouldn't normally come to us when we're stuck in the program? So that's how that insider came into my life, I think, because I was doing something different than most people and seeking knowledge rather than just being another cog in the machine. <laughs> Interesting. And what, uh, just out of curiosity, what was he saying about what they're putting in the food at the time? Well, he was basically saying that, um, you know, he's talking about fluoride in the water. He was talking about uh sugars and how and and uh gmo foods and he told me that basically if i ate raw that i wouldn't even want to come i would want to like feel so good that i wouldn't even want to live in civilization anymore but so i did try to eat raw but i did it on my own stupid like thinking like well i'll just eat a bunch of carrots and i'll eat you know like this some nuts and stuff but i didn't have like a a book to go by. So yeah. I didn't go very long with that, but truth, but yeah, he was, he was, uh, because he's part of the department of agriculture, he kind of came from the corner of food. And that's something I like to bring up a lot is everybody has their different, their different corner of this that they woke up through, whether mm -hmm. it's, it's business banking, food. Um, I have a friend that woke up from the scam of AIDS, uh, you know, or, uh, you know, there's just so many different ways you can you can figure out that this world is is not what it seems by coming through some corner and then starting to investigate everything else and all the tentacles of the system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, for me, one of the things was the moon landing <laughs> oh, <laughs> that right? got me into it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's fascinating stuff, bro. Um, yeah, totally. Like any 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 way you look you will find tentacles of the of the creature so th there's many way uh, many ways to the top of the mountain as as a dude i interviewed recently said can you tell me what does chanting it down mean that's the name of your show chanted down radio what does that mean yeah um it sort of came out of conversations i'd had with a group of friends where we were like 
we were saying that people aren't chanting it down. In other words, it comes from, from reggae music. Bob Marley would say it a lot, you know, chanting down the system. In other words, breaking down the lies um, and, you know, finding the truth and chanting down the BS so we can, you know, know the truth. And a lot of people don't chant it down. So we would often say, yeah, she doesn't chant it down. Or, and so it just became this thing in my own inner circle of friends where I was like, you know what, if I'm going to make a podcast back then, I called it a radio show. I'm going to call it chant it down radio because that we, that's what we're going to do. We're going to chant it down. And actually, originally, if you listen to my very first few episodes, like maybe, uh, I had a group of friends on and I kind of wanted to be a group of friends thing, but it just became too hard to get together with them and they didn't, uh, they didn't make it time for it, so it just became my show. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, you know, someone's been around for a while if if their show is a radio, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome, dude. 2013, dude. I I I I mean that was 10 years ago. I was what 26, 27. I was definitely definitely not not as awake as I needed to be at the time. So it's impressive that to be around for so long and you, that you're still doing it. You're not disheartened by what seems to be, you know, pushing a large boulder up a mountain, trying to convince the normal person of anything, anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it, it occurred to me that um, in my own situation that, I had all this knowledge and I didn't know what to do with it. Here I was that guy that was bugging everybody, telling everybody that didn't want to hear it, but I knew the world needed to know. So for me, it was a release uh, yeah. doing it because then I was able to reach people that needed to hear it rather than people that just, it would bounce off deaf ears to many people. So uh, it w it was kind of like a release button for me because mm -hmm. What are you supposed to do with this information if you just walk around holding it in? Uh, yeah. But what's good now, especially since 2020, is more of the world has woken up and it, this this hidden hand has exposed itself. So it's not so hard to ignore now. And those people, some of those people from way back started contacting me in 2020 and being like, mm. yeah, um, Maybe you, you were right about some of that stuff, you know, and it's like, well, you know, I, I, I wish they would have woke up sooner, but I guess that's yeah. what it takes is it some, for some people, it takes a world event to, to wake them up and well, good that they're there now. I just, you know, I kind of was like, where were you the whole time? <laughs> Absolutely, man. It's like the, the way I see it now, anyone that didn't get woken up by the COVID scam. I think there's probably no hope for these people. I guess they're going to have to be on, on their 17th super booster. And then maybe if they have some type of adverse event, maybe they, at that point, I don't know, maybe to, I don't know. But um, anyway, it's, it's like uh, such a, such a large world, such a varied world. We can't expect everybody to be on the same wavelength, same page. Kind of, you know, we, we need fools. We need wise men, etc. So everybody's on their journey. We have to live and let live at the same time. So let's um let's talk about so I as I said uh, before we start recording I listened to I didn't watch it I mean I, I watched some bits and pieces of the pictures uh, you have you have this presentation on 
on YouTube, and it's also in your podcast uh, around geoengineering. What are they spraying in the skies? Um, I'd like to actually cover that topic a little bit. I haven't talked about that on the podcast. So can you can you introduce the listeners that probably are not too familiar with it? I know. So we know that these programs started around the was it the mid nineties, like nineteen five, ninety six. So um, can you first let's start with you know we can explain what it is all about but i just want to get your opinion why do you think they're they're doing the spraying in the skies well i think number one it's about weather control and it's about um controlling resources making a drought here making it rain over here and they've had these these abilities since well a long time but just an example um a, a big example used a lot is during the Vietnam War, uh, Project Popeye was used, which was a cloud seeding uh, operation where they flooded the Ho Chi Minh Trail to flood out the, the enemy troops. And so they've had this ability for a long time. Uh, and they probably are on some kind of timeline, which comes with everything else in our world and that's bigger than just geoengineering chemtrails and all that but um there's multiple reasons there's many fingers in the pie but i suppose to convince people that it's happening i think a real basic breakdown of it is important and of course i think a better thing for people to do is check out my presentation what happened to cobalt blue skies which is on YouTube, then I can give you a more thorough breakdown. But just as an extent, a simple breakdown of it, um, it's basically a lot of people don't realize that jets don't leave contrails. Jets leave. In fact, since the 80s, they've fitted jets with what are called um, high bypass fans, which don't leave Contra- uh, contrails they they have a, a way of um making it to where there's very little of anything that comes out of a regular passenger jet and you can see this if you fly enough if you if you go and you look out your window you'll see another passenger jet go by at your same altitude and there's no trail either so then comes the question what is coming out of these jets that leave these persistent trails. And that's what we're talking about. And it is a cocktail of poisons, um, nanoparticulates, metals. And what happens to your sky is you watch these trails don't dissipate and they turn into clouds. Now it almost comes over like a whole work crew. All of a sudden, like maybe there's no flights at all. You don't see any planes. And then all of a sudden, a whole bunch of planes come over. First, they leave a plane may leave a like a small trail, and that is a precursor gas. And then later, these big thick trails come by, and and pretty soon by afternoon, your sky is filled with these fake looking clouds. It really only takes about five minutes for someone to just lay back on some grass look up at the sky and just see that this is what's happening and what they're viewing in the sky are not clouds. And so with that, it it just takes an open mind enough to, in about five to 10 minutes worth of anyone's time, just to see that 
we're not dealing with regular clouds. And, and what they're doing with these clouds is they're controlling our weather. They're poisoning us with many different forms of uh, nanotechnology, including um, some, some crazy fibers, and we can get into that nanotechnology, but also uh, possibly viruses even. They've, there's a lot of stuff they're doing. There's a lot of people that have their fingers in this pie. So it's not just one program, it's many programs. But, you know, a lot of people, it's too big for a lot of people, yet it's right in their face. And once you see this, you can't unsee this. So it's like, you know, if you want to start down this path, then you're going to never unsee that this is happening. And it's been happening nonstop since um, mid-90s, a lot of people say. Like in America, uh, a lot of uh, people say around 1996 or 7 is when they started really like doing this full scale mm -hmm. and pretty much all NATO countries do it. In fact, I've traveled around the world and I haven't been to a country yet where I've seen no spray. Okay. I just want to like play the normalcy Norman, normalcy Norman, normalcy Norman devil's advocate card here before I ask you the, the, the real questions. Could there be a positive reason why they're doing this? Well, yeah. So that's where it gets into layers of this. So the cover story, if someone were to look into this, um, first of all, we have to break down what climate change is and what it's not. But what they're saying it is, let's just go with the official narrative, is that, you know, our planet's heating up from carbon and industrial uh, exhaust and all this stuff that is causing our climate to change. So the answer to this problem is geoengineering. And so these people are saying that, now this is something you can check out. Like it's not like on your nightly news and it's not like something you're going to see on the front page of your newspaper or articles. It's in the background, but you'll see this conversation once in a while, like, well, we could do it, but there are risks uh, of spraying our skies with metals to reflect back the sunlight to cool the planet. And so that's what they've been saying for years. Like, well, we don't want to do it, but we could do it. But yet they are doing it. And when you look into the fact that they what they're saying it does, it isn't at all. And in fact, um, one one way to look at this is to understand that they're not even spraying in the right part of the sky to make that part effective. They're actually sp spraying in the troposphere, which directly affects us in our atmosphere. They need to be spraying way up high in the stratosphere to actually reflect back the sunlight. Which so, what they're doing, what with the, the the operations we see them doing, they're not even doing um, geoengineering like blocking out the sun. Yes, they are blocking out the sun with these clouds, but they're not doing it because they're trying to save the planet. So there isn't really a, a good reason why they're doing it, but that's the reason they say they would be doing it if they were, but they are doing it. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a tricky thing. I spent like an hour just explaining that part of it in that presentation yeah. because it needs to be understood that what it is and what it isn't. But yeah, maybe yeah. what I should get into before 
we switch to more parts of it is what climate change is and isn't. And what climate mm -hmm. change is, is they're taking, they're cherry picking from uh, models. They're, they're looking at uh, our time period from about the time they started, you know, um, started monitoring the weather on the planet and records from like 1880 or something and forward. But in ice core samples, you can find, and in, you know, uh, writings too, uh, things like the medieval warming period. And that was in the, um, you know, about 12, 1200 AD. And this was a time where grapes grew all the way up into England vineyards. Uh, mm -hmm. They found, you know, like date palms in Germany and places like that. It was an extreme time of abundance because uh, the, the temperatures rose on the earth. And there definitely wasn't any uh, automobiles and manufacturing yeah. back then. So what drove that up? Cycles of the earth, the tilt, the, the cycles we go through uh, that create this earth different all the time. But following that period, we had what was known as the Little Ice Age. So what the the climate the climate change proponents are saying is that all of a sudden we're rising. So yes, if you look at the temperatures from when they've been keeping track, the temperatures are rising um, and there is more carbon, but they're cherry picking. There's been so much more carbon in our atmosphere and not from cars, but from volcanoes and other things that have made it way worse. And there was a time period where more of Greenland's uh, ice caps melted and it didn't rise the sea levels all that much. So there's a lot of things they're saying, especially this hockey stick graph by this guy named Michael Mann, who's a paid liar, uh, mm -hmm. you know, showing you this horrible graph that all of our automobiles are causing this climate to change and it's all our fault because we're such bad people it's like and those they, goddamn cows farting all the time yes too. and us too us farting we need to quit eating yeah. beans you know i mean it's it's ridiculous so everything they blame is always on us not not the fact that the militaries and the 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 big co corporations are to blame for this it's just us going to work every day we're causing yeah. the problem because we're how dare the you? earth yeah. So How dare we. Yeah. So climate change is not happening the way they're saying it. But where what is happening is they are changing the climate through the programs which they're doing. And so in my presentation, I went through graphs of how the weather has changed since they started these programs full scale in mid to late 90s and watching how the weather on the planet has changed from, you know, all these fires, all these droughts and rainstorms and irregular rains that's from all this stuff and what that's causing is people to believe in climate change because they're seeing their weather is irregular but they're the the big hidden elephant in our living room is this it's the spray programs and it's the biggest it's like the missing component of everybody's equation is this this for climate change you know, they're causing the climate change. And that is an, a very important part of the fact that why they're able to pass a lot of this legislation and, you know, uh, make us all drive electric cars. And, you know, all this all this is designed for their their coming future of um, these 
smart cities and the way they want us to live and and so they don't want us to have any more freedom and and they can say cuz you're destroying the planet and you know they can blame mm-hmm. so much on it and so oh, yeah. um it's a huge topic and that's why it took me like 2 hours just to break it down and hopefully I'm doing an okay job here but there's yeah, yeah. sure parts I'm missing in my just thinking back but still it's a huge thing and so a lot of people focus on what's going on like there's a lot of people I focus on, uh, you know, the latest current events. But this thing has been happening in the background of our lives for a lot of our lives. I mean, you know, um, I'm in my 40s, but uh, it's been happening more than half of my life. And but I do remember when our skies didn't look like this. And I think a good thing to do is look through photo albums of the sky and you can see there's there's a lot less jet traffic in the in the sky, a lot of le- less, um, you know, Kim contrails or anything so anyway yeah do you have you l- looked uh, into the grand solar minimum stuff much uh you mean talking about uh a coming ice age kind of thing y- yeah obviously that's a little bit uh it, it, when when you say a coming ice age to people they're like uh okay that's preposterous but it's Yes, yeah, so uh, I know some some guys like what's the guy that was ex NASA um, John something and have a couple of his books. Um, it will come back to me anyway. So so you know we have this two hundred and four hundred year solar cycle. We have these eleven year solar minimum cycles, and then we have the grand solar minimum. So you can correlate empires rising and falling, famines and stuff like that with the. The, you know the maunder minimum the sporter minimum yeah. and and so on so it uh f- at least from the guys that are covering this side of things what i you know what i understand is we we are we have now entered into a grand solar minimum that could last you know 35 40 years and it's a mini ice age you know per se um for lack of a better term. And during this time, the solar activity diminishes greatly. The sunspot activity diminishes greatly, no, according to the model, um, ba- based on historical data. But if we believe that, that's if we believe fucking history, you know, that's uh, a whole, a whole thing that we have to, you know, tackle se- separately. But so based on this grand solar minimum stuff, I would be like, you know, when, when everything is opposite land with the Satanists. So it's like um, it, it, when they were saying it's global warming, maybe I, I would say it's that simple, but maybe it's it's actually cooling uh, due to the grand solar minimum. So perhaps the spraying, it could be like a desperate attempt to slow down the cooling. And maybe it's not, this is not designed to reflect sunlight coming into the atmosphere but more to um keep keep this kind of heat fr- from escaping back out into the atmosphere so have you kind of considered that perspective i have a little bit um but um i think i just can't really l- look at our our governments the satanists the globalists the the luciferians the dark occult that's behind it all as ever doing anything for humanity mm. uh so they're and and the process they're poisoning and poisoning all of us with these heavy metals and if you look at the um the skyrocketing uh 
cases of, of Alzheimer's dementia. And I know a lot of people pinpoint, um, what do you call it? Uh, autism to vaccines. And, And I think there's definitely evidence to back that up. But I do also think that if you look at, since they started spraying, autism went way up coincidentally too. Uh, there's so much bad things coming from this that I can't picture it being for the grand in the grand scheme of things, a good thing. However, if there is something coming in that benefits them, they will do it. But yes, you're right with what they are doing is actually warming the planet more than cooling it because they're creating an insulation to keep trap heat in. So when they spray and cover your skies on a day, they're actually making it warmer. And they're also um, causing plants to um, to not grow as well. So I, I know there's a better word for that. I forget what it's called. But um, basically, uh, I remember there was a stretch of days they sprayed here. And a lot of the fruit trees, the fruits were not as big. The flowers looked sad. And so and it and if you look at your your pets like if you have pets like a dog or a cat they're all sleepy on those days and they just don't look like they feel well so none of it's good i just don't know i mean in in the grand scheme if they are trying to deflect this solar minimum or you know uh they could be but um it's certainly in the process of it they're also doing experimentation with these uh, self-replicating nanofibers they found in samples and pathogens. So it's certainly enough to be upset about, even if they were trying to do something like steer away a solar minimum. Yeah, dude. And when you look at uh, vitamin D levels all around the world, <laughs> like the decline is insane. And, you know, like we live in the south of Portugal when my wife... Um, when my wife got pregnant a couple of years ago, we did a vitamin D test and her levels were freaking preposterous. <laughs> I was like, we live in freaking in the sun, one of the sunniest countries in, in Europe. Why? You know, and like people here, I, you know, I spoke to people like, Oh, we went to the doctor. Um, vitamin D level is like, you know, under the bottom of the range. It's like, like you're living in the sunny country. So, right. Um, it, I, I'm just speculating, of course, but it could be that this, these metals, perhaps they could be re- deflecting or reflecting or absorbing a certain spectrum of light that, you know, is conducive to better vitamin D synthesis. Now that's just, expo- of course, we are very much house cats at the moment. We're all at home most of the time. Um, you know, even on a good day, I might spend two hours in the sun with my shirt, uh, t-shirt off. So that's nowhere near what it was like, you know, a hundred years, hundred years ago when we were work, working the field, hunting, hunting, gathering, foraging, yeah. all that stuff. So could be that as well. But um, yeah, I, I totally agree that they would, they, they wouldn't do. Let's say they were trying to trap heat in the atmosphere to 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 slow down the the cooling event. They wouldn't do that for our benefit, but it, perhaps uh, it's also like from the historical sort of records uh, when there's grand solar minimums and there's famines and all that stuff. 
oftentimes the governments collapse because people, when they're not fed, they get super pissed off and they start beheading uh, despots and whatnot. So they could be. It could be a a way to ensure that there's not that, that it's a controlled sort of exp- uh, demolition, as that term uh, is used a lot. Um, so it could be like a, to slow it down so that they could put all the control measures, you know, like scam vid, you know, social distancing, lockdowns. So it could be like climate lockdowns, like, you know what I mean? So it could be uh, like these these people are 17 steps ahead on the chessboard and it's not a, it's not a regular chessboard. It's like a 3D, 5D chessboard. So yeah. a lot of stuff that's happening now, it's laying down groundwork for God knows two decades ahead in time. You're right. It is. They play the long game. Yeah. Yes, they do. And so we're always just like chasing the latest thing when they play the long game. And that's a problem that we're behind on their schedule. Uh, They, they could easily be, they could, they could be uh, kind of a, like in a poker game, kind of like a bluff too. Like they act like they know more than they have. But I, when I look at at least my country, America, and their plan of collapsing the U.S., and I look how the family unit has de- demo- been demolished uh, through the decades and the, the drugs that they've imported, and we have so many homeless. I, I'm looking at the decayance of our society a lot lately. Yeah. And... Um, this was all planned. So if they planned this far in advance, then I would assume that they planned everything else this far in advance. And it's crazy to think, and this is where it almost gets spiritual or goes off planet for some people or interdimensional or whatever, is that yeah. how would these people who are um, old, like say David Rockefeller or George Bush Sr., be so dedicated to a plan that they're never going to see the fruits of because they're already dead. So it makes you wonder what kind of force is behind all these people and why are they so dedicated in getting this thing done? It really, it really makes your mind wander Mm. into areas of, is this part of something that's either, you know, evil spirits that are, behind these people or even extraterrestrials or something that is bigger than the average human can conceive because they're, it seems like they're serving something that is, you know, so big. I mean, some people might in the Christianity would say it's Satan, but Mm. whatever it is, it certainly is something that's bigger than them that they've dedicated their lives to, uh, with this plan. And since I've been awake in 1999, this plan has sped up full force. I mean, chemtrails started not too long before that, 9-11. It's like this timeline. There's a shooting everywhere or a terrorist uh, attack everywhere. Um, you name it. You know, we've the the 2000s have been the the decade or the century of psyops they have been this time where everything's really sped up covid all these things have just been we've been bombarded with we i I don't think 
if we were just living normal life that we would have so many crazy events happening. So we'll, yeah. we see that they're, they're really trying to speed up this plan and 2030 comes to mind. And that's why I've been questioning on my own show a lot. Like what is 2030 really about? Like, are they on some kind of timeline? Because if they don't do this by 2030, then their plan's going to fail or are there, gods with a little g behind this you know are these anunnaki's gonna return i mean you know just theories but who knows um there's something that they're pissed about they or that they're they're trying to hurry up and it seems like and that uh they sort of got behind schedule or something because they never showed their face until 2020 and then people were like even regular people are like, what, what's going on here? Like, this isn't quite right. And so now we see this giant, we see them at work. Um, maybe they're just not, they don't care anymore. I, I've gone through many thoughts of that, but I'm, 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 yeah. I'm wondering, but at the same time, this is the long game they're playing and why are they playing this long game and what is in it for them? And those are questions that I don't think any of us have the answers to, but it's very yeah. interesting to speculate. It is. It's very interesting. I I think about it a lot as well. And Jesus, that when you were talking there, just my I cast my mind back to just uh, that first month or two of lockdowns back in twenty, in the kind of the second quarter of twenty twenty, and that just this there was this ominous energy about. It was so eerie. At looking outside, it was so quiet. And where we were living, um, there was like. Um, I think it was like police cars going around with like sirens, almost like like it harkens to like a World War II movie with like eh. it's like stay at home, stay at home, <laughs> like with like weird sort of sirens, eh, eh, eh. like really fucking eerie shit, dude. And um, yeah, it's it's a definitive. I've even like uh, I've spoken to to folks uh on uh, i've interviewed on the podcast you know who who are these people serving because like like you say you know guys like um henry kissinger you know this guy you you think he ever takes like a day off you think he's ever like at the beach sipping pina coladas and just like he's got his feet in the sand and his shirt rolled up it's like oh it's nice to you know commit mass genocide but it's also <laughs> nice to have a sip of pina colada on the beach once in a while no these motherfuckers are at it day in day out so yeah it's like um like the, it, it's interesting to speculate there was one guy i was listening to um on rider lee's podcast uh, raised by giants that was like an ex ex uh from an illuminati bloodline family so he was basically they used him in these a lot of different experiments to develop sort of you know things that became technology later and he talks about um that there was like this presence or sort of um uh beings called the draco and they they were in control but they left uh it, it kind of sort of correlates with what rudolf steiner talks about but they left like in the late 1800s or something like that so the reason the technology started getting developed so rapidly since then is because these quote-unquote elites, you know, if you want to call them that, they no longer have the control of these entities to, to be able to control, the, you know, mind control people and stuff. So the only mechanism of control that they have now is, you know, 
media manipulation and technological stuff, mass surveillance, stuff like that. So um, it's God knows, bro. God knows. Like we know so little about our world and most of what we know is either obfuscated or like a bunch of lies thrown in to confuse us. So we're all, most of us are like, I, I like how you always, uh, every time I listen to your show, you, you're always like, I don't know, you don't know, you know, and we have to be a little bit humble when we're speculating and be open to to changing our opinions based on new data, new information that comes in. Yeah, that's important. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of um, lack of humility in some of these circles out there of truth seekers that I find that they don't know, but they act like they know. And yeah, that bothers me a lot because we don't we don't know. We don't even know enough about our own planet. We don't even know mm. enough about our history, our origins. I think human origins are a huge, huge subject to really get into. Um, that a lot of people are afraid to get into because it's either a religious thing or a Darwin evolutionist thing. Uh, and well, we don't even know where we came from. We're a species with amnesia. And so, and we have yeah. all these crazy uh, megalithic sites on the planet and things. And, w you know, we can give it our best guess, but we just don't know, you know? And so um, I always like to say that, you know, we don't know, but we can, we have pictures of the, we have pieces of the puzzle. And that's what I always like to iterate is that each one of us has a little bit different picture of the puzzle. And if we all come together in humility and put together those pictures, we might get a bigger picture if we're not all screaming and fighting with each other. And that's, that's a problem that I've seen come into uh, this I don't want to call it a movement, but this community, since I've been in it and seen the long view of how people have come about all this information is there's been a lot of know-it-alls and people that want to, a lot of infighting. And it's like, well, where, the, where's that bringing us? That's bringing us nowhere. In fact, it's just back. It's just a disservice. We're, we're taking a back step by fighting with each other about facts. We don't even know. So yeah, I always like to say, I don't know. And it's empowering to say, Hey, I don't know. I don't know everything about chemtrails. I I've taken my best guess, but, um, you know, we, we're just looking at the evidence that we have and we put it all together and we try to come up with the best picture that we can but also it's important to come up with solutions because having all this information in us is good to an extent but what we do with it is the most important part and there is many things to do with it but i i almost think um like what i do and what you do is good because we're informing the masses that may not know that's important but maybe even better is what are we doing in preparation for the coming days um, I know that I'm behind on that. I'll be first to admit, even if I've known all this information for a long time, I'm not prepared for some crazy switch in our, our lifestyles, you know? I mean, right, you know, 2020 is nothing compared to what they could do. So we do have to be prepared. Um, and the, the most, the many solutions that the most that people can bring, the better. That's, that's, yeah what I always say is that we can, if we can all come together with our pictures of the puzzle and bring solutions at the same time, then we can get somewhere. But um, like I say, if everyone's fighting with each other, 
it's just another it's just another it's just like any political debate or anything else that never gets anywhere either yep. yeah man i i find um every literally every single person that i listen to and i i listen to many many podcasts i love podcasts and stuff and yeah. even some youtube youtubers i follow i don't use youtube i have an app that parses youtube by the way i've i've done an episode on how to not de- use anything youtube anything fucking google and microsoft including my phone operating system it's not android i use a uh, open source uh, security based dgoose anyway um i always love to crowbar that into the conversation but um uh so i disagree about something with every single person that i listen to literally every single person uh, and i continue um listening to them because i'm i'm like the older i get i guess the more tolerant i get of other people's views and i say to myself you know okay that's absolute bullshit this guy's saying there but he's got so much other good information and you know what maybe i'm wrong so i'm gonna continue listening to him maybe he'll change my perspective and i i think it's like socrates dude like back in the day he was teaching people you have to always you know your mind must be flexible you must always be able to that's what science is right that's what fucking science is supposed to be like you should be able to change your mind based on you that and very few people are actually like that and i i honestly think the reason some people are are not like that is is actually things like psychedelics because they um they open or sure they open up the 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 psyche in certain ways but they also stimulate neuro neurogenesis so creation of new neurons and they they stimulate uh different neural pathways so we are actually able to make more connections and that kind of creates this cognitive flexibility that you know you even just like people that microdose like whatever psilocybin or lsd for like whatever once a week or whatever like for a year they they literally become more plastic their their mind becomes more plastic so i feel i feel like there's a lot of benefits to things like that um but i wanted to talk to you so i love that you talked about solutions because i just at the moment i'm putting the finishing touches on a video course that's almost 12 hours long all about reducing toxic exposure from the air the water the food uh, and doing uh, things like certain detoxes no gimmicks, obviously, like very serious stuff, really effective stuff, and how to support our detoxification systems with diet, supplementation, lifestyle factors. So I'm, I'm about to launch that soon, officially. People can get it from my website. Uh, I've, I've, I've shielded enough for my podcast. But anyway, um, so I, my focus, my, my health research, one of the main things has been, you know, detoxification. And um, a lot of clients I work with have a lot of heavy metal toxicity right so that's fairly we have it sort of down pat what to do what to do with heavy metal toxicity but you kind of caught my ear there saying talking about uh nanotech fibers you know uh, viruses self-replicating nano technology so can you get get into to kind of what what we know about that because for me that's a little bit scarier because you know the body knows how to detoxify compounds that have been around for a long time like heavy metals but these plastics these novel compounds are much 
harder for the body to recognize and make water soluble. Never mind crazy shit like nanotech tech. Yeah. So it is. So maybe one of the. So I guess I should tell you that I've ran into two insiders in my life and it's all synchronicity that brought me this way. And I, I, you know, I didn't go looking for any of this. That's the cool thing is it came to me rather than I look, sook it out. But in 2008, I met somebody, um, that my ex wife, uh, met and said I should talk to, cause he seemed to know a lot about chemtrails. And so I went to his house and I was thinking in my mind that I knew quite a bit. So I thought, well, maybe I'm going to be telling him some things that I already know, or, you know, maybe it'll just be like a conversation. But this guy was um, a son of a contracted scientist here in the United States that worked for a lot of these agencies like CIA and um, NSA and things like that. And he knew about the compounds that they were throwing at us. And one of them is these meta these self-replicating nanoparticles. Um, what these things are is they are um, nano filament tubes and they grow. I know it sounds crazy, but they grow in our bodies. Uh, a person that someone should look into that knows a lot more than me would be the independent scientist known as Clifford Carnicom. Clifford Carnicom has done research since the early 2000s, maybe even the late 90s, in samples of rainwater and different samples of what they're spraying. Excuse me. Um, so what they did is um, he found again and again repeating in people's bodies and rain samples these self-replicating nanofibers. Well, wow. what are they? They're they're a they're actually kind of like alive. And they create a network in our bodies, and what feeds them is junk food, um, sugars, uh, bad diet, and electromagnetic frequencies, such as our computers, such as our cell phones, such as all these these uh, cell phone towers, and uh, this grid of antennas that are around us feed this. And this guy said in 2008 that it creates a antenna basically from the back of our skulls all the way down our spine to our reproductive organs and it's and it's basically receptive to all this the the different emf waves that come through so we're basically kind of like controllable already in that sense i mean it's hard to know how controllable we are with this but one good thing that he did tell me is there is a way to get it out and what that is is by using red wine as simple as it sounds kind of crazy but red wine naturally that's why they say maybe you should drink a glass of red wine before or after dinner it helps crazy. like clear things out well there is something to that but what you're doing with this is not drinking it you are taking it in your mouth and swishing it around vigorously for maybe 30 seconds spitting it out and doing it again and again, and you'll get all this kind of black stuff out of your body, your mouth. Wow. Um, um, and you will see these little fibers. They're smaller than a human hair. And this is called the wine rinse. Um, there is some steps to do it before doing it. Um, and I can go over that. But it's an important, it, it'll fill up your sink full of nasty stuff. 
And I don't care what oh. you do with the wine. You can put it in a blender. You can shake it up as hard as you can. You will never get the same amount of stuff coming out of there at all as if you're swishing your mouth with it. And what ends up happening every time I've done it is I feel really clear here in my third eye area. Wow. And it really um, kind of like makes you feel a little bit different. Um, kind of hard to explain. And probably everybody's body's different too because everybody responds to everything different. But it is a grassroots solution um, to it. Uh, it helps if every maybe five or so rinses, you get a little bit of apple cider vinegar and you do that as well. Um, but sorry, sorry. Um, go ahead. So uh, every five rinses, you know, like uh, the, let's say you do five swishes, yeah. spit it out, and then you do apple cider vinegar and then you continue yeah. with the red wine. Yeah. Okay. And why red wine? Well, of all things it it so what you're the you're doing is it's leaching out stuff from the pores of your gums so if you think about it on your human on the human body there's nowhere where you can really like get out things by vigorously using a potion something other than your mouth because you can control how you swish things and so when you swish vigorously you're you're leaching out this from the gums of your mouth. And it's the, let's go with a couple of things before you start. First, you brush your teeth because you don't want like food and stuff in there. You know, you want to, you want to make sure you're actually getting out real things. But um, there's a homeopathic herb. He told me to take, it's called Hypericum. And Hypericum. you take about four of those, you put them in your gums Apparently, it helps open up the pores of your gums beforehand. So when you go into the red wine swish, your gut, your your pores, your gums are already more open and ready for this. Uh, you know, and it kind of burns. I I mean, you want to do it mm -hmm. like I have some water here. So you want to actually make a pretty strong sound. Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully, hopefully that picked yeah, up on the mic. But a very s vigorous swish, not just like. A little bit but like a really strong because you want to really get it out so um yeah and yeah i mean it you'll be amazed what comes out of there it's uh it's kind of disgusting you know hmm. it's not pictures wow. you're going to share with your your friends and family but jesus yeah it's, it's, so uh, you've done it and you've seen some crazy stuff in the sink yeah yeah fuck me i wonder because you've heard of the oil pooling with coconut oil right that is another good one yeah uh-huh i wonder is that the same sort of mechanism um, you know, uh, I don't know. I mean, I know, uh, oil, the, uh, what possibly one of the reasons why oil pudding works is the medium chain triglycerides have uh, kind of antibacterial, anti, anti yeast properties. Maybe that, I don't know about the other mechanisms, but this is so hypericum, like, um, St. John's wort, right? That hypericum perforatum. Is it from St. John's wort? Um, I know Saint John Saint John's Wort botanical name is Hypericum perforatum, but I'm sure there could be other Hypericums too. So, not quite sure. Yeah, Hypericum. it's a ho it's homeopathic tablets. They're sugar okay. tablets, and okay. they put and the important thing about those for anybody yeah. is you don't touch them, but you just take them from the little vial and then you put them in your mouth so you don't touch them because it comes off on your hands. Right, right, right. 
Ah, okay. So, so all members of the genus Hypericum may be referred to as Saint John's Wort. Okay. Some are known as goatweed. Yeah, yeah. Also, I actually have um, I have Saint John's Wort dried herb here. If I was gonna make some tinctures with it, but this is this is the homeopathic thing you're talking. You have to get that from the homeopath. Yeah. Uh, or, or and you know the CH. You know the dilution of the of. Does it have to be a specific dilution? No. 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 This is a very like. Um grassroots like anybody can yeah. do this or ghetto version of of mm. other cleanses you might be able to do by other i mean mm. i i recommend people do not just this i mean oil pulling um you know metal heavy metal detoxes um i think i think a combination of many things can help get this out like a sure. chlorella is a, a a super food that you can drink um it's a powder. It's like kind of like spirulina. Mm. It's green. That helps leach out some metals too. But in my experience, maybe just because you're working really hard at getting this stuff out, I feel quite different when um, I get this stuff out. And the guy told me in 2008, he said, you know, you're going to feel like you did when you were in high school when you do this. You're get, Because they weren't doing these programs then as much. So I was like, wow. So I really felt like I was on to some pretty cool information. And again, that's been my whole life. It's like people coming to me when I'm not yeah. looking for it. And I'm like, wow. Okay. So that's another reason why I had to do Chen It Down as a podcast because, um, Hey, I got all this information. What am I supposed to do with it? So that's why I put it into a podcast and, um, Hey, you know, as many ways as we can to get this stuff out of our body, as well as many other things. I mean, uh, there's so many toxins in our, in our lives and environment. Oh, yeah. Um, you can pick just, you don't just pick one thing, not just chemtrails, not just EMF, but oh, yeah. uh, I mean, as you know, you know, foods, oh, uh, yeah. water, um, the mattress you sleep on. I mean, mm. and you can get kind of paranoid that way going like, well, you know, um, you can just kind of have to pick and choose because the whole world's toxic, but if we can minimize it, you know, why not? We can live longer and feel better. Bro, you're going to love my, um, I'm going to share uh, my um, detox workshop. I'm going to share that with you, give you a, a friend's free voucher. You're going to love the module on the liver gallbladder flush. Bro, this will change your life. I'm, I'm sure you're going to love it. I'll, oh, I'll cool. share it with you share it with you afterwards um yeah dude i i totally agree we have to it, it's a, we need a multi-pronged approach because it's a multi-pronged attack and um i i totally i totally buy that the fact that if you have more toxic metals in your body emfs are going to affect you more yeah they will uh, you you almost become hypersensitized to it so um and the, but that's just the heavy metal so again the heavy metals the body it has the ability to sequester them and push them out when the time is right when you have the energy the nutrients coming in but uh, with these um uh fats uh, or these persistent organic pollutants like the organochlorine pesticides and whatnot phthalates and stuff in the plastics that's that's a little bit harder you know so 
I'm going to definitely look into the swine rinse. So just uh, can you tell me how many swishes would you say you need to do per, is it every day you do it or like do you do, well, do it intermittently? The way I look at it is you should be doing it a lot because of how many years of buildup are in our bodies and how often they keep spraying. And then you have another layer of it inside you. So I guess you could do it as much as you want. A couple of precautions. Uh, one of them is you are spitting out toxins. So you want to make sure your immune system's strong. Um, you know, eat a lot of garlic, ginger, and whatever else. Because um, I think once or twice when I've done it, I got a cold after I did it. Maybe um, maybe because I got a lot of toxins out of my body. And uh, I'm not sure. But it would be a good idea to make sure your immune system's strong when you do it. And another thing is, well, your your teeth are going to look pretty red. So you want to brush your teeth right afterwards again, too, because sure. that's pretty, you know. And I, I would imagine that you don't want to do it maybe every day for the reason of your teeth, because you may, uh, I don't know, take the enamel off. Or I, I don't know if that would do that, but I'm just saying like, yeah could stain your teeth too. I don't, I don't know. I mean, my teeth are fine and I, but I don't do it every day. Um, I was for a while and it was good. It's just one of those things like you just got to keep in the habit of doing it. And I, I've kind of got out of the habit and um, yes, yeah, so I'm due for one myself. Yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like the gallbladder flush too. that. I, I did. I was always, uh, you know, talking about how awesome it is then i didn't do it for when my baby was born i didn't do it for a while and then i started doing them again last year at some point and then i was like oh my god i can't believe i i stopped for so long dude this thing is an absolute game changer but um what uh, i'm actually next week i'm going to um a biological dentist here i've actually got four amalgams on one on each side basically a uh, uh, two two top two bottom so I've got these freaking mercury amalgams that I've had probably close to 30 years. Wow. And um, I'm kind of like, I would probably do this only after I get them out because, you know, the last thing you want to is to thing you want to do is to mobilize metals from your, from your fillings. And that's so cool. You, you know, brought that up because last week I'm, I met a lady that I hadn't seen in a long time. And she said that they said she was, she's about 60 years old that she was going to have, um, dementia and she was losing it turns out it was all of her mercury fillings that were draining into her body and when she got them all out she was better and oh yeah you know so that's you hear that from so many people man and listen i from the research i was doing for my my detox workshop apparently people that have amalgams there, um, if you do like a, a stool test for heavy metals, they have a a separate um, uh, reference range. If you if you have for people with amalgams and for people without amalgams, and people with amalgams have up to ten times more mercury detected on these tests, and even brushing your teeth, chewing food, uh, they, they've done studies. They they can detect that. So. Every time you chew food and you brush your teeth, you're releasing this stuff. So crazy. I cannot wait to. I'm, I'm only going for the first consultation next week, but um, see, I just I uh, we went to this homeopath um a, a month ago or so, and he told me <clears throat> he has this bioresonance machine, and he he knew I I had metals in my mouth, but he 
he knew I had a second metal in my mouth. I told him about the amalgams and he said, but you have another metal in your mouth. Tell me about that. So it's I actually have titanium implants that I got recently. So he said, when you have two metals in your mouth, it's like a battery. You have a charge going from one to the other oh, and wow. the harder metal starts starts to dissolve the softer metal so since then dude i've been popping even here I'm, I'm i'm sitting here i've got my glycine the amino acid which supports uh antioxidant production i got selenium which uh, directly binds uh mercury certain types of mercury so even when you were talking earlier i was just like fuck let me pop a couple of you're talking about they're spraying <laughs> metals and this guy said fuck let me yeah. We pop a couple of these. I popped a couple of those, you know. So, I, you know, so since since we went to this guy, I've just been taking a crap load of um, antioxidant support, and I just cannot get wait to get these things out of me. I'm sure I'm gonna feel better, bro. Even just the placebo effect itself will be, you know, awesome to get. That's true. There is always placebo, but um, yeah, I, you know, I did it blindly and had no idea what the wine rinse was doing, and I was like, wow, I. I feel very different. Um, it doesn't last too long, maybe like a day, oh. but it's uh-huh. whatever it's doing. It's great. I, I, I really did. I have, I've turned a few people onto it. And in fact, I think I introduced this to the truth community, uh, to some other people that had started doing it. And, you know, and some people will, will, um, talk against it. Like, Oh, it's, that's not any way to do it. But you know what? Um, I, I'm going to s- still go by what I've experienced. So, uh, it, it, we have to be proactive in this. Yeah, um, man. Like you said, there's they're coming a it's a full prong attack, and we do have to be proactive in every way possible, uh, whatever we can do for our own health and our freedom and our lives, and you know, um, take them back into our own hands because th- this whole civilization and way of life is very arrogant it acts like it knows everything when it's far from it it's it's it doesn't know anything about our health or uh anything it's not for us it's for it's coming against us so we have to we have to have our defenses up and our shield up and our our uh we have to be doing our own work um and if we're not we're just going to get mauled over by this the crazy thing is though is it's weird to me that i can meet people that eat mcdonald's every day and and ingest all kinds of poisons have no care about their health and they're they're still standing it's like it's a miracle to me that these people are still walking around it's like they got all their their shots and they got all their (laughs) you know everything the doctor told them to do and i'm like wow these people are still okay but the question is when are is all this Mm going to catch up to them exactly man it's like um I was talking to someone recently and basically, you know how they say like men after kind of the age of 40, they just start deteriorating greatly. Well, you know, it's not really like some crazy mystery or or anything. You know, most men don't really take good care of themselves. And you have, you have a certain amount of like, you know, muscle mass and bone mass and um, collagen. And as you poison yourself through your twenties and thirties, your body takes, uh, you know, breaks down muscle tissue. It breaks down your collagen your, from your joints, from your skin. Um, you know, it robs, it robs all these things that are structural and whatever else. And it, it uses those. It, those can be used like collagen 
uh, you know, is a source of glycine that's used for the glutathione antioxidant, which is, it detoxifies metals, chemicals, and uh, pathogens. So we're, you know, you're just breaking breaking the body down from from the inside, inside, inside. And there's, you know, you get to a tipping point where your antioxidant defenses now are depleted, but that's that stress is continuing. So now you, you've reached the tipping point. It's like the, the straw that breaks the camel's back. So people just have a, you know, like start breaking down and everybody's genetic susceptibility will be slightly different. Yeah. So some people, it's the mind, other people, it's the gut, the liver and so on. So it's not that it's not actually that complex. No, no, it's not. Yeah. I think we can live, we can live longer and be healthier, you know, by doing a lot of these things uh, and extend our prime. I mean, I'm all about doing that. I'm, you know, just extending the prime of our lives. Um, we don't yeah, have man. to think that we're going to deteriorate when we're 40. I've, I have a friend who's going through that, like just turned 40 and, that midlife kind of crisis thing, but I'm mm. like, you don't have to do that. You don't have to think that way. That's just kind of programming, you know. That's another psyop, isn't it? Midlife yeah. crisis. That it, with old age comes. It's like when I was telling like uh, someone close to me, like you know, if you follow if you follow my health advice, you will live to the age of ninety, possibly even a hundred. And she said, uh, I don't want to live to that age. And I just I don't want to be sick and suffering. I'm like I'm not I'm not selling it this way. I'm I'm selling it so you can be vital and take care of yourself and you know not have cognitive decline. But people we've been conditioned uh, to uh, program to think that you know after the age of let's say 55, 60, then it's just a slow degeneration, progressive sort of decline in health. And no, 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 that's that's not the way it has to be, man. No, it doesn't have to be that way. No, we can. We can take our lives into our own hands, and and it's, um, I think we should because the hands that are that it's in right now are certainly not caring about us. No. All right, bro. I have this. We've kind of been talking solutions now, but uh, I have this question that we kind of I ask all my guests near the end. Um, I started doing this for my solutions talk segment, and basically, I'd like to ask you, Lumas, what are you doing? that others can do also to increase their freedom, self-reliance, autonomy, and or resilience to the challenges that we face this decade and beyond? Well, what I am doing personally is I'm not getting too invested. I've never been invested in the system too much. Like, I mean, maybe it's good that I live in Hawaii where it's so expensive that I'll never be able to afford any of these houses. So that to me is less time on the treadmill thinking that I got to come up with this amount of money in order to have this house that's going to, you know, burden me every month. And everybody's situation is different. But for me, I've always kind of not invested too much in this world because I've always felt like it's going to change. And it's going to collapse possibly, or, you know, hopefully not. I don't want to be Mr. Gloom and Doom here and tell you all yeah. that, but it certainly doesn't look like it's going in a good place. And although we're having a good conversation and there's a good community of people that do know what's going on, the vast majority of people don't. And the vast majority of people are being deceived. And because of that, they're the ones that are push, pushing this forward, this 
New World Order and everything. So we have to um, kind of like stop investing in a future like every day was in the previous years of our life. Um, so for me, I've always been one to stop worrying about like, oh, we got to buy this thing and do this and then we'll be, you know, okay. Cause that's all illusion. And I think it's important to get our spiritual, our spiritual side intact too. Um, I don't subscribe to like a religion, but for some people, religion does work, but spirituality is important and getting out into nature more. Um, I always also, um, some of the simplest things is I've just learned little simple things to help me survive in nature, uh, whether it's rubbing sticks together to make a fire even, but these simple skills that hunter gatherers had for thousands of years have been taken away by civilization and how we live. And, you know, um, we kind of do need to get back to basics like that too. Uh, uh, you know, try to figure out how to forage for our own food, even, which I'm no expert at, but just saying like getting, going those directions to get back our autonomy, I think is important. Um, with my show, I've, always given out as many solutions as I can to help the broader masses that would listen to it to be able to uh, do something about the situation they're in. And one of the solutions that I bring on my show is the journey. And the journey can be um, many things. Um, you could go for a, a travel. You could travel internationally and just change your whole perspective on what you thought was life where you live. Uh, you can go with the inner journey, take psychedelics and explore the inner side. You could, um, you know, just do something totally different than what you've been doing to just to break up your monotonous life. And I've always been a proponent of not just doing the same thing all the time, because that's how we get stuck in the rut. And that's how we get stuck in the trap. And the trap is big and most people we know are in it to some degree or another including myself so um what we can do slowly every day is to just work on getting out of this trap and that's including being dependent on technology i use technology a lot technology is a tool and we use it for our shows and we use it for um trying to help people but at the same time we're so dependent on this internet and and so dependent on the the way even having electricity even if we we just take it for granted but when that stuff gets shut off or something it it really changes things real quick so i think we just need to really not rely solely on technology and the way things are but we need to also get back to what humans knew before all this and that's i'm not a primitivist as in like that I hate technology, modern technology. I think it's a tool and it's good, but I always think that humans kind of had a better grasp on reality when they were in nature more and, uh, you know, uh, getting back to real simple basics that we all used to know how to do. So those are things that I, I do and think about to try to get back my freedom. And I feel like I could always do a whole lot more. It's just, we all have families and it, we are stuck to this to some degree or another. You are, I am. But if we can try to 
find ways outside of it as much as possible and quit investing in a future that probably isn't there, I think we're in better shape than we would be just continuing on being, you know, eight to five Monday through Friday sheeple. Yeah, man, that's very well said. In fact, uh, uh, talking about not investing, I, I was actually, I, I stopped podcasting. I, I, I haven't been on for two years. I have not been on Facebook. I logged into Instagram there a while ago and like, I'm, I'm I, and Twitter as well. I, I logged in and LinkedIn a little bit uh, in the last month, but I was off of off of the social media platforms for two years solid, and I even stopped. To, I even stopped podcasting and and just doing anything for for about a year and a half or or, or whatever that was. Um, mostly, well, mostly because I, I became a father, so I, there was a lot of hey, yeah, uh, no, 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 no time. But I also, to be honest, I I felt like. Um, what's what's the point if it's if you know they're gonna do the cyber pandemic bollocks and you know lock down the internet where you need a, a digital id or whatever uh internet pass uh you know or, or 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 worse you know i had worse things kind of circulating in my head so it's like what's the point in investing all this time and you know podcasting and social media presences digital product if and you know at the drop of a hat, it can just be obliterated, you know? So, um, but I also, since then, <laughs> I, I realized that, you know what, like if, if I do that, maybe they win, maybe that's what they, that, that's one method to demoralize people. And I noticed a lot of researchers continue doing everything through the pandemic and beyond, um, pandemic, I should say. And, yeah. uh, they, they're still out there and they know better than me what the psychopaths are planning. So, they continue to do it. So I feel like I have a serious, strong mission. So I need to continue it. And obviously, you know, you've been doing it for 10 years and you're still doing it, even though you, you literally just said you're not super invested in it. So it's, I like the fact that you, you know, it's, it's, you're doing it clearly for the benefit of others. You know what I mean? So I really, I kind of appreciate you, bro. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I appreciate the, everybody that has a podcast like yourself too. And, and, and people need you. People need all of us because we are giving people something solid to latch on in a world full of bullshit. And yeah. uh, if we didn't have, if they didn't have these bits of truth, I mean, the way that the world's going and all the censorship and stuff, podcasts are like the last bastion of free oh, speech yeah. on the internet. And yes, this is so important. And, and a lot of the things that I've considered insignificant over the years that I've said or done, I get people emailing me about it. And I'm like, wow, that actually worked for you. Okay, good. I, I, but, you know, and, and so we don't realize who we're affecting uh, yeah. out there in the world, but it's so worth it. And um, if we, you know, enough voices, you know, like the media is constantly repetitive, repeating their mantras and their bullshit and so we have to do the same as them and start repeating being repetitive back against with good forces and good good yes. information otherwise we're kind of just losing the battle and it seems like we are at times but um i wouldn't be doing this if i didn't think there was a way to not lose so i think we're going to eventually humanity is going to come out of this. It's just right now 
everybody's sort of in a stronghold and uh you know people like us one day will be looked up as as heroes because we're we're um standing up against it and giving out so much information like podcasts are a great way for people to learn because you could be yeah. driving and listening mm -hmm. to this right now and taking up that time where you'd be stuck in traffic or something and getting positive yeah. information and actually learning things about the world that actually matter and make sense of this madness. So they, it, they help mm -hmm. a lot of people. Um, they've helped me, you know, so I can imagine what they do, you know, podcasts like ours are doing for people that we've never even met or talked to. Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. Um, Damn it! I, I was a couple of other things I wanted to ask you, but sure. it's like nine. It's like nine thirty in the evening here. I'm up since like five a.m. Oh yeah, so yeah. I'm completely brain dead, bro. Um, it's it's not coming back to me, bro. Um, anyway, we're gonna have you back on the podcast because there's you know we've done so much other research and so many other cool talks on your podcast. So there's plenty more we can talk, but I feel like we covered a lot of good stuff. Uh, I I feel like we don't. We can't overemphasize certain things, you know, like talking about the climate change hoax or the the anthropomorph anthropogenic global warming. Like I feel like a lot of people, even they wake up to like it's like layers of the waking up process. You layers, 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 and then it. it, it like I was talking to Ricky Verandas there um, a, a couple of days ago, and he's like, I. He, he's like, I almost can't believe that people, they see that these um, pharmaceutical companies are felons. They spend billions out in criminal charges, but somehow vaccines, they're all good and everything is dandy. And like they're separating vaccines from the pharmaceutical industry as if, you know, suddenly it's this fucking amazing technology that because of that, you, you know, it allowed us to, to uh, you know, come to where we are right now, you know? Yeah. So I feel like we, we certain topics we have to keep I, I, yeah, this is what um, I, I came up with this uh, phrase back in 2018, always be brainwashing in a good way, of course. So like I, I would, uh, sh uh, you know, like it's like ABC or was it? Yeah, ABC always be closing. It's like a, a, a sales from the sales world, a mantra, right? So I came up with ABB. You have to ABB people constantly. So my wife was like really pissed off at the time. I was like, will you stop it with this bullshit? I'm like, I'm going to ABB them. They're going to keep ABB them. You keep ABB them and they're going to get it eventually. So it's like we have to keep talking the truth, keep talking the truth, keep ramming it home. And eventually people will, like, you know, it will come. It the, the chickens will come home to roost per se. Yes. I mean, look at, Years ago, there were people that denied everything I had to say, and now they were coming to me when things got weird and like, whoa, what was that you were talking about years back? Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, <laughs> I, not every not everybody came back, but at least some of them. Yeah. And and that's that's true. It it repetitive re repetitions what the media uses, so we better use it too. You know, just constant repetition. That's how you brainwash people. But yeah, um, if it's truth, then you're not brainwashing. You're washing their brain. Exactly. And I love I love your sort of way and it's it's really something I, I got to take a page out of your book. You're very um again, you you're a humble dude and you you're you're coming from a place of non-judgment. So when you're sharing information, especially like about certain psyops, like I I know, I know a couple of people that are into the Q thing and I I I kind of 
like I, I got one dude that he's sending out these emails about uh, these reports uh, weekly that the cabal are almost defeated. And I, I looked back over the emails in the past, you know, year and a half. It's like every freaking week the cabal is almost defeated. And, and it, like once in a while, I'm like, I'm going to reply back. It's like, dude, like the cabal were nearly defeated last July. Where the fuck is the defeat? I, I want to see the, you know, but then I stopped myself and I'm thinking, okay, you have to like, be less judgmental. I also believed some some crazy stuff in the past, and we just need to like, you know, uh, people are on a journey, and just if we can't um, bring them to our, around to our way of thinking, we should live and let live, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, you have to. I mean, I I did a show a while back called Three Psyops in the Truth Community, and I I listened to that today. Yeah, and um, yeah, so um, I did it because. I don't want to see people caught up in cul-de-sacs and wasting yeah. their time. But I have respect for a lot of people that are in those cul-de-sacs too, because I, I know that they're trying to go and seek out truth. It's just that I kind of like feel bad for them because they're stuck in these cul-de-sacs, but you know, everybody is somebody from a different starting point and we have to respect that. We can't just be like, this is the truth and listen now, but people, we would like it if people didn't spend so much time on bullshit. Sure. But at least Q and those people are seeing the corruption that many people are blind to. So you have to be thankful at least that those people and, and those people were awakened to, um, you know, like they're awake now, at least to a point and that helps. It's better yeah. than not. It's just, I feel like they're still, they're following a thread that doesn't go anywhere, but I wish we could, you know, help more people that get out of that. But, uh, you know, they may after things reveal themselves, hopefully. Bro, look, listen, we're going to be look like absolute dumbasses when we ascend to 5D in like two, three years. And then we'll be in the fifth dimension and they'll be like, told ya, <laughs> you know, and we'll be here like that was BS. And they're like, told ya. Or not? Yeah. <laughs> you heard about the, the ascension to 5D, right? I think I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. That we're gonna ascend into 5D. Yeah. And like these big, all of this is like big, an illusion. Yeah. But yeah. we don't know. And so yeah. like these there's a lot of people that say we're gonna grow these seven foot tall light bodies or twelve foot tall light bodies in sin. It's like, well, Show me, you know, I've I've heard so many things over the last twenty four years since I started this path, and I'm just like, okay, well, we'll wait and see. But Can't wait, yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mm -hmm. lose sleep over it. So there's a back burner somewhere yeah. back here where I have all that <laughs> stuff. But um, and if something yeah. comes to some kind of truth i'll pull something from this back burner i'll put it up here and i'll look at it but there's a lot of stuff yeah. back there that never happened <laughs> i don't know if if this is a religious belief of mine but I, I i believe in reincarnation as a simple fact of life as chris beige puts it and i i believe that when we die when we kind of um go into that bardo uh state um you know we we go back to our essential nature and it's like we are a light being and then we, we decide at what, what point and when and how to reincarnate back. So I feel like 
maybe it's a religious belief. I I I I really feel like this is what life life here on Earth is. It's like um like a temporary uh, uh, holding ground for our light being, our light, light, you know, a part of our being that we are experiencing. But in in essence, we are you know a thought in the create the 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 creator's mind. We are safe. And anything that happens in this 3D reality, you know, it's just a like a fleeting thing, like a, like clouds in the sky or a dream. And you know, we're not the dream. This is the dream. We're the dreamer, and the dreamer is somewhere else, safe and sound, and a powerful being. So maybe that helps me sleep at night. Maybe that helps me sort of not go get too depressed over the shit that I'm seeing here. Um, but I. If if that's my religious belief, I suppose we all have some type of beliefs, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's anything wrong. Like I've never been one to dis religion on my show. Um, like I don't like automatized religion where people are just like practicing ritual and it has no meaning to them. But as far as spirituality and and whatever whatever path that you've been shown, I think it's there for a reason. You know, if you grew up a Muslim. And that's your path to see that way. Um, I think it all comes from the same source in some form. But we do yeah. have to let go of a lot of these ritualistic parts of our our mind that want to, you know, do this and that that has no meaning. You know, I think it's more of a personal path. And I I don't really feel like there's any wrong in that. And I, you know, to be honest, like all this stuff is it is fleeting. This this whole life is just one big fleeting uh adventure and i think this planet is a harsh planet and it's designed to keep us it's like the um it's like a school for the hard knocks it's a school to raise us through a lot of trials and problems but in the end we become more refined individuals to pass on to the next life uh and i think there's nothing wrong in believing that um i I can't imagine this being all that there is. And I think yeah. um, most people that believe that, that are atheists or just don't have any spirituality are usually people that were raised by the state, raised by the government mm -hmm. and to believe in science yeah. only in this really, really dry, very dull uh, view worldview that doesn't give you anything outside. Look, I've, I've seen a lot of miracles in my life. Um, I've seen people that pray. I've seen their, their prayers come true and I've seen stuff. So I, I believe there's so much more than just this. So that's pretty much always been my, actually when I think about it on my show, that's always what I'm talking about. There's more to this reality than just what they've shown us. So I have no yeah. problem with people and their spiritual views. Uh, they may differ, but I think we all have a link to the creator and mm -hmm. it's just, whatever path we've been shown through our experience. I don't think there's anything wrong with any of that. Beautifully said, bro. Beautifully said. Uh, lastly, can you tell the listeners where they can find you, bro? Oh yeah. Um, well, you can find me at, uh, chenitdownradio.com. Uh, I do the chen it down 10 years now as of June. And I also have a, uh, Patreon only show called afterthoughts. It's me basically reflecting a month's work, um, and talking about, you know, uh, random subjects. And, uh, 
I have a YouTube channel, Truth-Filled Trajectory. I was going to do a YouTube show a long time ago, and it just never went anywhere just because I was too busy to do video editing. But Truth-Filled Trajectory yeah. is my um, YouTube show. And uh, Instagram, chant it down. Uh, Telegram, chant it down. And I'm not very big on social media, but um, every now and then I'll post something but yeah that's where you can find me uh thanks for having me on brother appreciate it it's great talking with you uh great meeting with people from all over the world that's been one of my most favorite things about podcasting is just yeah. meeting people all over just this expanding this community so m thank yes. you very much thank you brother